Welcome to the Creators Podcast. This show brings together artists, event organizers, public speakers, and online educators to share their knowledge and promote the arts and education. Please remember to subscribe, like, and share us on your favorite streaming channel so we can continue to bring you these unique guests and their stories. Creators Podcast is brought to you by ShowMe.Life. ShowMe is a portal for discovering the best concerts, classes, and life experiences, both live and online. Find your next experience on ShowMe.Life. That's S-H-O-M-E-E dot life. It's April, and we hear every day on the news that large social gatherings are going to be possible very soon. So does this mean it's too late to get into the virtual game? Has the opportunity for offering online classes and events to anyone and anywhere passed you by? Or is there still a chance to get on board and double down on the lessons learned from this last year and do what you've always wanted to do? In the case of my guest in this episode, Caitlin Gill, that goal was to elevate her role as a meditation instructor into a personal coach. Caitlin talks about what that transition looked like and what tools she was able to draw upon, both personal and technical, to make it happen. Her story, not unlike her workshops, is about transformation, something we're all probably still undergoing on some level or another. But I don't want to make it sound easy. Transformation takes work, as Caitlin herself teaches. And in this episode, we'll talk about where that work begins. So let's get into it and say hello to Caitlin. And here we go. Caitlin, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm fine. How is the weather in Chicago, right? No, New York City in uh, Queens. Oh, uh, did we have this discussion last time? I thought, yeah, I looked at your photos on your Facebook and I thought I'm I mean, a huge sports nerd and I love the Chicago Cubs and, oh, the okay. Blackhawks, and so that's part of the I'm from Iowa originally so I can glob onto the Chicago sports teams a bit right on okay <laughs> cool cool all right so another thing I noticed on your Facebook page when I was out there uh, just this afternoon is that you just recently changed your your job description or your you know your title you have been doing workshops on a particular subject. And usually it's around meditation and it's about other sort of spiritual interests that people have. Now you added to that list of credentials, personal coach. So I kind of wanted to ask you about that. Is this something new? Is this a direction? Is this something that has culminated as a result of kind of the clientele you picked up in the last year? I do have my part of my background. I am a transformational life coach. I use my meditation instruction and the way that I uh, structure my group events. All of that comes into my one-on-one play with working with people as a coach. Um, But I do have that very specific coaching um, training. All right. Interesting. So I want to dig into that a little bit more because a lot of personal trainers have had to do exactly what you just described. They had to change their regimen and, and change the way that they delivered their instruction to them. First of all, so they can keep their clients. And then secondly, that their clients can continue to benefit. So I kind of want to dig into that about, um, about how this, this transformation happened for you and not just in, in terms of intention, using a word that you like to use, but in terms of the mechanics, right? right? So, well, let's trace back a little bit. What was the first class you had and how were you inquiring your students? 
My first class, I actually just went back and looked it up. My first class was in February of 2016. And those classes were in person. I rented out studios in New York and I acquired my students from meetup.com. And Meetup had just kind of started right then where people were getting interested in doing Meetup events. And really that's all I did. I started a Meetup, I posted the thing and like nine people came. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a, this is a thing that I do now. <laughs> and so, and now I have something like 300 members on there. But really I didn't do anything with it at all, to be honest. Like I kind of just let it do its own thing. Um, I mean, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of legwork of describing exactly what I was offering, who I was as a person, what the structure of the class would kind of look like. So that's how I started. Okay. This. So yeah, so you just started, which is great. And then it seems like you figured out what was going to be the structure. And how do you get people to feel comfortable in your class? Because you talk about some very personal stuff. And I don't know how open people are to discuss those things with you in your class, but I'm guessing that they want to talk about those things. Otherwise they wouldn't be there. So what do you find works? What's your technique for that? Because of my education and kind of my journey to this spot and how it's going, I was, I went to school in Boulder, Colorado for my undergraduate degree with a BFA in performance. And that's really where I learned about um, holding space for other people and that not only other people, but holding space for myself. It kind of comes from the inside out by staying open within myself and being honest and kind of raw. I've noticed that it kind of gives permission for everyone else there to match that same energy. Um, so when I start my groups, especially if there's new people, I go through my background, where I, what I went through to get th to this point of creating this kind of form, which was a lot of grief and a lot of sadness and a lot of really hard times. And I offer my practice as a way of as a way of healing it worked for me so i like to offer it to other people to see if it possibly works for them then i i speak to as well the history because i work with women specifically in like in groups i talk about the importance and the history of women groups together women only groups I say at the beginning of my groups, I would like to create the space of Tenemos. Everything that happens in this space is going to stay in this space. It's not going to go anywhere. We get to have it all out here and then it stays here. The other thing that I do when, you know, we're all together is that I pass around a, I start with it. I pass around a, a red string. And each woman there puts a loop of the string around her wrist when she it's her turn to, you know, share around the circle. So each person, as they share, takes this red string until it comes back to me. And then we go through, and each of them share as they're like putting it on. 
and then we go through and cut the string so that we're all tied together in that moment. The act of like doing that together really kind of like seals the like the kind of energetic bond that happens. It's so simple, but it really, really, um, it creates something sacred together that um, words can't quite, words can say, but then it, you can really, you can really start to feel it. So those okay. are- Two things stood out to me in what you just said or what you just described. One was that you talk about your own experience. So that gives people a feeling of comfort and that there's safe space to talk. And then secondly, you do something that sort of bonds them together, even though they might be strangers. And and it's, as you described, it's just a simple thing. It's a string. It's just something they all hold together, but in a way it connects them, right? Yep. Anything and everything is, is safe. So not only is sharing something safe, also not saying anything and just allow, and just being there. What I say to people is by just showing up, you've already done the work, like you're done. You don't even really need to do the exercises or anything, you've showed up. Like, so whatever you do in that space, you're there. Every person can follow their own intuition as to what they wanna do in, in the space and in the structure, but you know, you can. No, I get it. I think uh, there is a saying, that uh, the hardest part about going to the gym is getting in your car. I yes. Think same thing, right? Just showing up. It's literally walking in the door. <laughs> when you walk in the door, like you think, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go stand next to this machine for a while. Okay, well, why don't I stand on it for a minute? You know, that sort of thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Good. What have you been doing to keep your students engaged? And how are you able to maintain your community amongst these people now that you're all online? One thing that I've been doing differently in 2020 is really, and this is something that never really kind of mattered to me before in a real way, where I am really starting to step up my like social media game, I guess, mm -hmm. <laughs> and trying to figure out like what exactly my voice is and what I would like to be sharing in that um on those platforms. So that's been that's been interesting. That's not something that comes to me really naturally. Um, I would more like to like, let's go to the studio and like do stuff, but uh, you have to figure out, it's very tricky. You have to figure mm. out, I'm sure everyone has felt this who has to like put these posts together. But, um, but one thing that's happened in 2020 that I, I did for myself. I don't know if this would work for other people, but um, I used to have a whole different Instagram for my business and then had my Instagram, who's me as a person, and kind of realized that they're the exact same thing. Like, I don't really know. I know where my thought process was and like trying to separate them. So that's been a new thing is that I've kind of made myself just a whole person. I've wanted to start to offer these offerings online um, for a while. So the fact that people are getting more comfortable being online and doing practices is kind of like done me a little bit of a favor to be honest, but I am excited to also get to a point where we can get back together. Um, one thing that, that kind of gets taken away in the online format 
the camaraderie is there and the community is there, but the part that gets taken away for me is the, um, the movement factor. In person, I'll teach a combination of meditation and improvisational um, healing movement. And it's harder for me to, to hold space for people moving in their own apartments. So I've kind of, I scaled it down to just doing guided meditations and like little tarot readings. But yeah, so that's 2020 has been, been my year of trying to get all of this stuff that I've been doing kind of in the background in my own thing online. Platform. Yeah. Well, yeah. And for, and for a lot of people, I think same thing, you know, they had to yeah. teach themselves a lot of new skills and, and certainly yeah, getting good at um, using social media. Right. I mean, everybody has to do it now. You know, if, if you're even if you're not trying to sell something, you know, it's just to connect it with the people you want to stay connected with and mm -hmm. um, and make sure that people know where to find you. Well, I mean, just like this podcast, as much as I try to put out episodes on a regular schedule, I'm not able to. And I know that I need to be doing that just so so that it becomes part of people's, you know, their habit, just like a class is part of their habit. Right. So. All right, cool. No, those are good lessons. Um, so how did you find that this whole experience of taking your classes online changed for you as an instructor? And is that leading into the, the question I asked you at the beginning? of this uh, call, which is what made you a personal coach? So I'm going to get into real talk. Even for me, it's kind of hard for me to show up to my own online <laughs> classes because right. I'm just in my apartment, you know, I'm like doing things. So <laughs> I, that's been a challenge for me because like, I'm not showing up to a place early, you know, to get the whole thing put together. I'm just here um in my own apartment in my own world so i my practice has been show up just showing up is enough so like if i'm not feeling if i'm feeling kind of gunky or whatever like show up anyway mm -hmm. and so that's been a part of my part of my practice because it's very 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 easy to be like eh I don't want to do that this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that, you know, or even doing posts or anything where I'm just like, uh, no, you know, so th there's like a healthy amount of following my, my gut feeling of like, and maybe I really can't offer today. And then also the other kind of higher self being like, yeah, you can offer today. Like you absolutely can't do that. <laughs> Right. But, you know, we're all going through a very, very similar thing. It's a practice for me as much as it is for, I would say, the people. Yeah, sure. Well, I like that you call it a practice, though, because, you know, to me, I mean, I'm a musician, uh, as you you know, probably could tell. But uh, <laughs> I look at it as if you want to get good at something, whether it's playing an instrument or playing tennis or becoming a good educator or becoming good at anything. Yeah. It's practice. What, what else is it? You know, it's, it's, you just do it and, you know, and uh, you get good at it. That's it. You, you just have to get good at it. And some days it just doesn't go that well. You know? Some days it doesn't go that well. Yeah. You That's just do it, you do it anyway. You know? Right. What can you say as an educator was the most important lesson that you learned in this last year? To keep teaching myself too. I, I mean, I always go back to that in my own practice, but it really, it just made me kind of 
sit back a bit. It also really encouraged me to see what other people were doing. So in the creation of like, you know, the online platforms is to look at what other people are doing and like look at what other people are offering that are that's similar to mine, sometimes not similar to mine. It's just interesting. And so it's been a continuous relearning for myself. Also, the pandemic hit me really hard. So I was kind of struggling in my own, like in my own education, in the process of getting my PhD and trying to like focus and not being able to do that in my full capacity. So I kind of had to, I just kind of had to sit down and take, again, take my own advice and pull for my own tools in my toolbox to kind of figure out I actually haven't done a lot of coaching um, in person. I've done a lot of groups in person, but not a lot of coaching in person. I learned how to do that in this online format and actually on the phone. That's how we, that's how I was trained. So it, it was already like living in this world. So it's, so it's a little yeah. easy. Well, that seems to be working for you. Your Facebook following has grown a little bit since the last time we talked anyway. <laughs> yeah. So right some supportive on. people in my, it's not, it's not bad to have some supportive people in like your little, in your corner too. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Right on. All right, great. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Do you want to plug your website and your Facebook and let people know how they can get a hold of you? Yes, absolutely. My website is curiouserawakening.com. That's kind of the name of my of my little deal, but it's probably easier just to go to Instagram and my handle is just my name, caitlin.m.gill. Um, and from there, all of my stuff is, you know, my website's there, my Patreon is there, when I have my events. Yeah, so everything's there and I would love to hear from you and I would love to work with you and tell you more about what it is I'm doing in my little corner of the world. Well, that's great. Thanks, Caitlin. Once again, you take care and we'll catch up soon. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.